meditative concentration is the next parameter. And this parameter is also very important. We all have awareness. It's an innate quality of our mind. And this is true for all sentient beings. The problem is we often don't recognize the importance of our awareness. We pay no heed to it. However, through our awareness, it really is an incredible tool in transforming our mind. The practice of meditative concentration is enhancing that awareness or returning back to that awareness, not losing that awareness. And this may be done one through shamatha and the other is vipassana. And shamatha is generally viewed as the practice of bringing our mind to calm abiding, having a tranquil, stable state of mind. And the vipassana practice is more related to developing our wisdom. However, in shamatha, there is also wisdom within the practice of shamatha. And shamatha, having a calm, tranquil mind is very, very important with meditative concentration. Without this, it is very difficult to realize the vipassana practices or to realize those wisdom practices. If you're practicing great perfection, a lot of the success will also come through having a good, stable, calm state of mind or very good meditative concentration. This meditative concentration is essential, in fact, to all the practices because with this awareness, we have the ability to observe what is arising within our mind, what actions of body, speech and mind we may be engaging in. If our awareness is very alert, very sharp, then very quickly we'll start to notice that a thought is starting to arise. And if we notice it as it starts to arise, right there and then we can decide this is a good choice, I want to adopt this action. Or alternatively, we may notice that this thought is a very negative thought. It's a thought that is going to cause future suffering. And so very quickly, we can let it go or we can transform it. If, however, we allow these negative thoughts to continue, to link together, they grow in energy and it becomes more and more likely that these thoughts will then become actions, things that we say or what we might do. And then it is much more difficult to transform or to let go of these negative thoughts. Through this, we see that if we have very good meditative concentration, we have that alertness, we have that awareness, and very quickly we can adopt or transform thoughts. We have a lot of choice. Another problem why we may not let go of these thoughts or we enter into negative actions is, is that we do see these thoughts arising. We do notice However, we don't have the ability to transform them. We may have the awareness that this thought is going to get me into trouble. However, we then engage into the thought and carry on with the action. How many times has this happened to us? How many times have we noticed that we say, don't have another piece of chocolate? And then all of a sudden, we are eating a piece of chocolate. Or we think, don't say this to that person and then the next minute, it's all blurting out. Or don't shout at somebody. And the next minute, we are shouting at them. This is where, as an example, where we aren't able to 
control the thoughts, although we are aware that these thoughts have arisen. And in this case, it just shows that these karmic winds, these thought patterns of ours, are still in control of us. We are not in control of our arising thoughts. Another problem, of course, is that we do notice them. We do have the awareness. We do have the ability to transform them, but we don't really want to be so attached to them that we think we'll just do it another time. And then we engage in the negative karma and we experience the result of the negative karma. What are the biggest problems that we have with respect to concentration? Is that we forget, we get distracted, we get bored. What do I mean by this? Is that we are busy meditating, we are observing our rising thoughts, we're aware of what is arising, and the next minute we lost in thought. So we've lost this awareness, we've forgotten our awareness. Or something is happening externally and our mind gets involved in what is happening outside or externally. So what has happened is that we have become distracted. Instead of everything that is rising within our own mind stream, we're watching everything and getting involved in everything that is going on around us. In the outset with respect to our meditation, maybe we are solely focusing what's arising within our own mind stream. However, as your practice improves, you will be able to engage with the rest of the world while at the same time you are observing what is going on within your own mind stream. For many new practitioners, what may be very challenging is just sitting there and watching these arising thoughts. They might get very bored and when they get bored, they get very easily distracted. Maybe a good way to think about it is as if you are watching a movie, except the movie isn't a movie that is being watched or taking place externally. It's a movie that's going on within your own mind stream. When we go watch movies, do we get distracted? No. If it's a two-hour movie, generally our attention doesn't leave the screen. Likewise, if we watch what's arising in, within our mind stream with the same amount of attention and awareness. Not missing a single arising thought. If you can do that for two hours, then your meditative concentration is pretty good. And to watch it with the same enthusiasm as we would watch a movie that we really enjoy. When meditators become very good, have very strong meditative concentration, what may happen is that they go beyond these normal states of mind. They go beyond these concepts and these discursive thoughts. And in the state of absence of thought, they may experience bliss or they may experience clarity. The danger here is that they may begin to attach to this bliss or attach to this clarity. And if they do this, then it limits them from furthering their practice. They get stuck in that position. So it's very important not to attach to any of these states of mind, not to attach to the bliss or to attach to the clarity. The meditative concentration may progress even further than this, in which case they no longer have this attachment to the bliss. However, they attached to emptiness as an antidote.
through their meditation and through the guidelines and the practices and pith instructions given by their guru, they should then go beyond all of these attachments to that concept-free samadhi, that state of mind that abides in meditative equipoise, that is beyond these discriminatory thoughts abiding in the Dhammadhatu. And it's in this state of mind that we say it is Rigpa, or the true nature of mind, or the absolute bodhicitta, or the inherent nature. It's all of these different concepts that are explaining the same state of realization, the same pure, pristine state of mind. And it is in this state of meditative concentration, in this state of mind, that we are free of the dualism of subject and object and action. And this transcends all conceptualization. And it's in the state of mind that these great masters work for the benefit of all sentient beings. In addition, they have this great alertness, this great awareness that as any thought arises, any discursive thought, any judgmental thought, any of the five poisons, ignorance, attachment, aversion, greed, or arrogance, as the thought arises, it is transformed or liberated. And so they're then not affected by these negative emotions or these judgmental thoughts. Generally, the practices include cultivating this awareness of ours, this meditative concentration, being introduced to bodhicitta, knowing what is positive, what to adopt, and what is negative karma, what to let go of, and then being introduced to the practices of wisdom.